You're now rocking with NBS Central. Embrace the sports perspective. Broadcasting live on Facebook, made available through NBS Central. Welcome to Larson Live. This is the Sports Perspective with Larson. to be here. Thank you for joining me. This is Larson Live on the NBS Central Network. Go to YouTube, go to Spotify, and Apple Music now. Like, subscribe, and share. I am your host, Michael Larson, and this is the Sports Perspective with Larson. And we're blessed. Every blessed day is a living day. Every living day is a blessed day. That's what I meant to say. And somebody that's not with us today, and it's not right to say he should be, because God has every right to bring whoever he needs to or calls to, to his kingdom. Um, so it's not right to say he should be here with us, but we all want him to be. And that's Kobe Bryant. Today is 8-24, August 24th, the day before my sister's birthday. And we don't have Kobe Bryant with us, who has the very famous numbers of 8 and 24, recognized all over the world as his numbers. And we definitely miss him. Today I will have host of um, Talk Smack with Matt, Levi McDonald on today, coming up in about 10 minutes. Um, I'll also have in the second hour, Dryden Rachinsky to talk NFL. I'm sure they'll have some words about Kobe Bryant. I think that everybody has some sort of uh, respect for Kobe Bryant. He is the Black Mamba. He, his work work ethic is um, compared to almost no one. There's only one other person, and that's, uh, and that's Michael Jordan, the greatest player um, in maybe all those sports. Not, not considering just skill-wise, but mentality. Both of those guys, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, had arguably the greatest mentalities. And what does that mean? It, it you know, what what is a great mentality? Basically, in my eyes, they did what they loved, and they wanted to be the best at what they loved to do. And they were focused on that dream and very little 
deterred them from that dream. And it was all through discipline, hard work, um, a love of the game, uh, and, and discipline is the biggest thing right there. Uh, being able to schedule, schedule your life out and being able to get the things you need to do done throughout the day. Um, something that I've struggled with since I was in elementary school. For some reason, I was really good at it in elementary school. And then from since, since then, I've fallen off a cliff. Like I said, today we'll talk uh, to Levi McDonald, who uh, is a former, uh, former military member. Um, so we should be sure to thank him for his service. Um, he uh, worked with the Navy as a member of the Army as a uh, deep sea diver. Pretty incredible stuff. So we'll be sure to talk to him about that, about his life and uh, sports in general. But yeah, I, I was I was thinking last night. Um, there was a I watched a Kobe Bryant video, um, you know, and he was just talking about whatever you do, do what you love to do, and do it with the fullest, uh, your fullest ability. Um, man, I mean, uh, I, I, um, I, I just it's it's supernatural what he what he did what he. How, what his personality was like. It's very supernatural, in my opinion. Um, just, it's, it's one of a kind. If there was one person, if there, there were three people that I wanted to talk to in my lifetime, you know, like, he was one of the, he was one of the top three people, maybe the number one person that I would have wanted to talk to um, before he passed, before he, before he died. He was, he was definitely one of the, maybe number one, probably number one. And uh, if I could, um, you know, if, 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 whatever, you know, obviously if I could change things, I would, but uh, can't, but uh, yeah, he was, his wisdom is something that I um, don't really want to say coveted, but <laughs> I coveted it. I, I still do. I, of his wisdom. I wish I had was as wise as he um, was. And not everybody feels the same way I do about him because he did have his problems in the past. He was accused of rape. He uh, was accused of cheating on his wife. Um, and everybody's opinions vary on that. The facts um, remain. Uh, I am one of them, one of the people that don't, I, I don't think that he raped the, the girl, um, but he obviously cheated on his wife and so did Martin Luther King, you know? Doesn't excuse the action, but it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, and obviously, I, you know, you lose a little respect for them that they had a flaw, which is a very serious flaw to, to do that, to break trust like that. Um, but obviously that's not what you respect and that's not what you, um, that's not what you uh, model your life after. That's not what you uh, uh, view as a, um, you know, as a, as a, as a role model. You, that's not what you try to replicate. That's not something that you pay attention to. It's a flaw. It's a mistake. That's not what you pay attention to, though. What you pay attention to is the actual person that Kobe Bryant was, not the one slip up that he had um, that was known, that was well known. 
Um, yeah, 824, the day before my sister's birthday. Um, so I better see a bunch of happy birthday wishes on my timeline telling my sister Diamond happy birthday. I, I better see that. Otherwise, um, I'm never doing the show again. That's my only threat. That's the only threat that I can do. <laughs> um, a lot of basketball this week. We'll, uh, we'll break that down with Levi. Uh, Luka Doncic, Doncic had an amazing day yesterday. Um, true, like he 40-point triple-double, only the seventh in NBA playoffs history, I believe. Uh, I think that's right. The seven, it's either in all-time NBA history or playoffs history. I know that LeBron has three. Of the list that I saw, I saw LeBron has three. Yeah, it's, it's playoffs history. Um, LeBron has three. Westbrook has one. Harden has one. Uh, some other scrubs. Charles Barkley has one. Um, what is that? Three, six. Yes, I think that's it. Barkley, Harden, Westbrook. And LeBron has three 40-point triple-doubles. Um, and uh, Luka made it the seventh in playoffs history. What an amazing, what an amazing game. Uh, shoot, I could, I could go. Uh, last 10 minutes of the show, I'll really break it down a little bit more. Um, what I see from Luka Doncic. Something that, um, something that Doug Gottlieb said, I saw in a tweet, was that try, don't try to be the first to say, you know, Luke is going to be this guy or where he's going to rank in the end or whatever, just to appreciate it for what you're seeing right now. Yeah, I see what he's talking about. I just read the tweet headline, whatever. Um, I didn't actually listen to his show to see what he was saying. Um, but uh, just based on that headline alone, you know, I don't think anyone's – I mean, yeah, some people are trying to be the first. For, but for me personally, I, I – you know, when – Maybe you are trying to be the first. I don't know. Regardless, Luke is going to be an elite player. He probably already is a top five player. Um, and, yeah, I see what Doug is saying on that based on, you know, trying to rank players and just appreciate greatness, whatever. But, you know, that's important to fans is to rank players. Um, and Luka Doncic is making a case for himself, a very good case for himself to be one of the top players in the NBA. He's already top 10. There's no question about that. You can't say he's not top 10 with the things that he's doing right now, what he's done in the bubble, what he's doing in the playoffs right now, taking an NBA Finals contender to the brink. They're tied two to two. And uh, it's all been from Luka, you know, 80%, 70% Luka, Luka Doncic. It's been, it's been him. His ability to use his teammates extremely well. Yeah, shooters out there, Christos Porzingis, using him inside as a uh, is a true force, also an outside threat. Luca is able to use his um, non-athletic body and his twitchiness and skills uh, and quickness um, and fundamentals um, are perfect. They're just absolutely perfect. He finds every shot. Every shot is, uh, is it seems to be a good shot. Um, He's growing confidence in the three-point range. He's not even a great three-point shooter yet. He's around 30%, but that's going to get up to its 40s, um, very high 30s, low 40s. Um, pretty soon here, next couple years, uh, he's, he's going to be a, a truly reliable shooter. I mean, just that shot that you saw at the end of the game there, 
he's done that step back, that same, uh, that, that, that same, that same step back, you know, he has all sorts of combos with the step back, but you know, this time he did the uh, in between the legs, crossover, step back three. Um, we've seen that before and he, he's just going to get better at it. It's just going to get more comfortable. He's already comfortable doing it. It's just all about that shooting touch. Um, you know, a little bit more, a few more reps, maybe, uh, find a shooting coach. Uh, but regardless, he's already a pretty good shooter and he just has, is growing more confidence every day. Um, shooting that ball. Uh, we're going to take a short break here, listen to a couple messages, and right after that, Levi McDonald will be joining us. This is Larson Live on the NBA Central Network. We'll be right back. This is your boy, Just Justin, co-host of the number one show on the NBA Central, the Nothing But Sports Show, with co-host Mr. C, the Trendsetter. We discuss all the hottest topics of the week in sports. Check us out every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Central on the NBA Central Facebook page, and check out our clips weekly on YouTube and Spotify. Don't miss out. Do you love sports? Do you love fantasy football? If you answered yes to both of those questions, make sure that you tune in every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time for MBS Central's Stardom Sit'em Fantasy Football Show, hosted by yours truly, Truex the Sports Junkie, where I help you with who to start, and who to sit, your waiver wire pickups, and all your fantasy football needs. Of course, you know I'm the fantasy guru. Hey guys, if you like sports, go to youtube.com and subscribe to NBS Central. And we are back. Uh, Levi McDonald will be joining us shortly uh, as soon as he gets everything on. Um, nice little break there. Make sure you check out our shows. Let's talk about it. Um, that comes on 9, uh, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Central on Monday. So just after my show, a little after my show. Um, and, uh, and also you have the Nothing But Sports Show, um, uh, the Nothing But Sports Show um, that airs Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Central. Um, we are looking for talent too. So uh, if you are interested in MBS in the Nothing But Sports Central Network, make sure you hit us up. Let us know if you are an aspiring host as well or want to join us for our shows. Levi, you can turn on the camera, get everything on now. Um, and uh, here we are. Talk Smack with Mac is here joining us. Um, Levi McDonald. Oh, look at the Kobe Bryant emblem in the back too, representing. What's going on, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? Doing excellent. Uh, love the setup there. Uh, where did you get that emblem right there? Where did, where did you find that? You had that made or something? Yeah, a buddy of mine, man. He, uh, when he found out I was making a podcast, he said, don't put anything behind you. I have the perfect uh, piece of decor to go behind you and represent you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I seen it, man, I, I was pretty damn happy. Heck yeah, that looks beautiful. Um, representing you are a Lakers fan. Is that correct? I remember. Yes, talking. sir. Diehard Laker fan ever since I was about four or five years old. No, no, uh, um, no motion to switch allegiances to the Clippers with uh, Kawhi Leonard there, huh? 
Oh, all Lakers all day. <laughs> sorry, before I get started, man, are you good? Am I able to cuss? Do you want me to keep it kind of PG? <laughs> no, you you you're good. You can curse all you want. Um, my uh, my I, I curse a couple times, but yeah, you don't you don't need to hold your tongue here at all. Uh, all right, no doubt. Awesome. Uh, thank you for that, though. Um, the uh, yeah, I mean the Lakers. Uh, they're they're playing the Blazers. Clippers game was pretty good yesterday. We'll talk a little NBA. Um, with Kobe Bryant, though, I mean, uh, you were a – you say you're a Lakers fan, diehard. When did you become a Lakers fan? I became a Lakers fan. Give me one second. Let me throw these heads No problem. Here. No worries. Um, just to fill in time, if anybody doesn't know who Kobe Bryant was, he was uh, the greatest Laker of all time, just for you guys all to know. <laughs> you ready? Here we go. Um, there we go. I started watching the Lakers game in 99. Um, I was five years old. Um, I went to my grandmother's house and they had the playoffs on. I don't remember which game it was, but I remember Kobe and Shaq were getting after it and it was just exciting. I felt like I was there, like a piece of me resonated with that game. Yeah. And so um, I would try to catch as many games as I could as like a five-year-old. You know, I didn't know the channels or anything like yeah. that. But if you fast forward to a couple years later, 01, I was watching at least 50 Laker games every year, and I have been ever since. No doubt, no doubt. Um, when I was five, I was watching my – the first memory I have in sports is watching the Raiders get smacked by the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. I'm a Buccaneers <laughs> fan too. You're a Buccaneers fan? I'm a, I'm a Raiders fan. I was actually both. I was, a, I was a fan of the Buccaneers as well as the Raiders. So when they, you know, I don't know why. I like red and black. That's what it was. My uncle was a Raiders fan. He got me into the Raiders. And so I chose the Raiders that game. I chose the Raiders, and they got smacked. And I remember crying when Derek Brooks took it back for that interception return for a touchdown. It was it was bad, bro. Um, that's my first sports memory. Good um, times. Yes, sir. Kobe Bryant, um, when you watched him, was, like, was he immediately your favorite player, or did you like Shaq first? Definitely a Kobe guy. Definitely. So in our in, in our household, you know, back then they had a little bit of little bit of drama. So yeah. when I was watching, there was already the divide, mm-hmm. and my family were all Lakers. Fan, I mean, I were all Kobe fans. So I mm-hmm. sided with Kobe. But then so. when I actually watched him and watched his interviews and watched his character and the way he presented himself and the Lakers, I fell in love. Man, I said yeah. that's who I want to be, how I want to be. What'd you, what'd you see? You said you talked about his, the way he presents himself, how he carries himself. Um, how can you describe that? A uh, true professional. You know, no matter, nobody's perfect and everybody's going to have their hiccups in life. But Kobe Bryant always held himself to the highest standard. He expected the best out of himself and those around him. And he led by example. He would never ask anybody else to do anything that he would not do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a true leader. And no, uh, no. I kind of got com- some of my characteristics and um, integrity from watching Kobe Bryant and learning about him. And so you, you viewed him as a role model and you tried to do the same things that he did with your life. Definitely. You know, at a younger age, I couldn't do it as much. You know, my, my work ethic or my drive was nothing compared to what it is today when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. But as... I became a teenager and I was kind of searching for that male role model. It ended up, you know, being Kobe Bryant without even realizing because I'm constantly watching this guy. I'm watching YouTube videos, his interviews, and I'm just like watching and listening and learning. 
and trying to apply that to my everyday life. Right. When you were uh, 19, you joined the military. The army. Yes. Yes. What were you like before the military in terms of your discipline, the, uh, of your, um, the, the way you carried yourself, the, what we were, what we're just talking about with Kobe Bryant and his work ethic, which is supernatural. He was like this when he was a kid, um, as a high schooler, like he was the same per, you know, pretty much the same work ethic. He just got, you know, he just got more and more passionate with it. He got better. He got more disciplined. He, um, more responsible through the years, um, uh, and so he was supernatural at his age, but as for me, I was, I've been awful. Um, you, what were you like when you were in high school before military? Before the military, I had an idea of who I wanted to be, but I just didn't know how to get there. I didn't have much discipline. Um, I was willing to work hard, but I wasn't consistent. And the military kind of taught me consistency and I'm still searching for consistency still to this day. But the big difference between pre-military and post-military is uh, consistency in a different level. I thought this was hard work before, and then now hard work is way up here. I could kind of, when I'm going through a tough situation now in life, I could kind of say, you know what, it's not really that bad. Yeah. When you were in in boot camp military training, you said that they taught you consistency. They taught you discipline. I mean... I don't know if you can tell these things, like how do they ingrain that in you to be a responsible person, to be able to be a man? You know, how do they make you into a man? How do they um, get you to, uh, to, to recognize your responsibilities and how to schedule your life? Cause that's what I struggle with. I struggle with uh, things diverting my attention, video games, um, just non-responsibilities, uh, not scheduling my life. Um, and like I said, Kobe Bryant was all over this all the time military is what taught you how to do that how did they get you to be like that so in boot camp you know you have your drill sergeants they have a bunch of civilians that most of us have no discipline most of us don't know what hard work is and they kind of drill the basics into you by doing silly things a lot of push-ups a lot of sit-ups a lot of standing around for hours but my journey was a little bit different from most people's in the military because of the job that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, my job, there's only 150 people uh, in that job in the entire army. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, it very, definitely seemed like a rare job, like deep sea divers. There's no way there's thousands and thousands of deep sea divers. You gotta have like a regiment, you know, it's a small collection. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they would love to have more, but the school has a 90% dropout rate. Wow. So not so many That's what it is. make it through. Yeah. So it was just real tough. It was real tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could definitely see that. You have to <laughs> swim for hours, um, doing whatever, you know, have, what, what did you do? You fix things. So you have to have some sort of mechanical um, expertise as well. Um, so you have to be physically fit. You have to be a water animal and you have to be um, uh, mechanically gifted as well. I think all of that stuff can be taught. Uh, the one thing that you have to have is uh, heart. You can't quit. You know, I've seen hundreds of people quit going through dive school, but as long as you look yourself in the face and you say, no matter what they put me through, I will not quit. You'll make it through. What's the longest you were ever underwater? Underwater, like holding my breath or working? Uh, uh, working, working. My longest single dive was five and a half or six and a half hours. Wow. 
a whole shift underwater. Yeah. <laughs> I went down. It was like noon and I came shift. up. The sun was down and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Um, the, uh, but all right. What about holding your breath though? You're holding my breath. Now this is just pure guess, but okay, okay, um, okay. during dive school, you go through an iteration called pool hips. And what pull hits are is you're at the bottom of the 15 foot pool. You're going to, you have an instructor come down and uh, you're breathing on a scuba regulator and you have a whole scuba setup. Okay. They come down, they take that scuba setup from you. They kind of tie your regulator up in a knot and beat the hell out of you. And your job is to <laughs> fix your regulator, you know, unknot it, turn the yeah. air back on and breathe and stuff. So sometimes, man, it could get, you, you'll be down there holding your breath depending on how bad they mess you up. Yeah. But the longest I have is about two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. That's crazy. I can't even do a plank for two and a half minutes yet. <laughs> man, that was a lot, a lot of training, bro. I, I can't hold my breath nowhere near two and a half minutes now. Of course, of course. Yeah, you know, like you said, all training, um, all hours and hours of, of working at your craft. Um, after military, when did you start? Uh, like, what, what did you do? Did you immediately get into the podcast business? No, actually, I've been out of the military about two years, uh, about two years and three months, actually. Okay. And I just started doing the actual podcast about six or seven weeks ago. Um, it wasn't even an idea of mine. A, a bunch of my friends always told me I should do it, um, do something like a podcast or a podcast, but, um, it didn't become actual reality until about June of 2019. I, I was like, you know what, man, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was a lot of waiting around, waiting for the perfect op opportunity and, you know, the perfect setup, everything had to be perfect. And so one day I said, you know what? I'm going to do an episode right now. And I just nice. jumped in there, recorded an episode, and I haven't looked back. That's exactly the way it's supposed to be, too. It's all like, oh, I need to get this. Oh, I need an intro song. I need to, um, you know, I need to figure out this Zoom crap first. It's just like, first, just do it. Just get on, start talking. Exactly. That's what it is. I, I realize, you know, if you have amazing content, it doesn't matter how your background looks or the lighting or anything. People are going to listen to you because you're saying something relevant. You're saying something that people like, or you're saying something, uh, something that other people are saying. And they're like, Oh man. Yeah. 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 I completely agree with that. I think that if you are, what we uh, did at MBS central, MBS central is um, the nothing but sports central. I joined it five years ago, found it on Facebook, found these guys. A bunch of them are like Louisiana, um, a couple guys in the West Coast, some of them Virginia area. area. Um, and uh, they, they did the Nothing But Sports Show. And we did it over blog talk radio. Um, we're doing it on cell phones, you know. And mm -hmm. we just kind of trained, we just kind of trained, you know. We, uh, that, that's basically what it was. We didn't do much with it. We wanted to, but we didn't do much with it. We just got our shows in every week um, and just trained and trained um and got better at it i guess and then eventually you know like you said when when people are listening to you if you're saying something if you actually have talent they'll listen to you and then everything else comes in you start making it look better aesthetic um uh, as as we have just started doing um so uh that, that that's our journey with mbs central when you were a kid you had like you didn't want to be a a show host like you just said you just kind of started it lat in a year um in high school, what did you want to do? What did you want to do? Did you want to go to the military? 
military was always an option. Um, I really enjoyed the military movies and I enjoyed the, the discipline and, and also the com uh, camaraderie that came with the military. So it was always an option, uh, more like a fallback plan. I unfortunately made a couple too many mistakes in high school that kind of deterred my path in life and uh, military was that fallback plan but it turned out to be the best decision I ever made I wouldn't take it back for anything and I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about other people during that time but um in high school man I was I was trying to uh, be a boxer I, I boxed be a boxer. yeah That's I boxed dope. I boxed uh six days a week three hours a day for off and on for two years mm -hmm. But you never, you said you never, when we talked, you never played any high, any high school sports. So why didn't you play high school sports? I mean, if you're a boxer. I played, I played high school football. Okay, okay. You yeah, just football. my ninth grade year. And then because of my personal issues, I was not allowed to play anymore after that. But um, no doubt. I was introduced to boxing my 10th grade year, my sophomore year of high school. And I did it initially to impress a girl. But <laughs> after that, that very That's first dope. day, I fell in love, man. It was something that I was naturally. Not with the girl. Man. Yeah, it always starts with the girl, you know? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get her. Let's do what she yeah. likes. But no, man, that very first day and I, I I laced up the gloves and I felt the gloves hit the catchments and I just felt like I was home, you know. I was like, this is for me. Uh, I'm not the most athletic guy, I can't jump the highest or run the fastest, but I can throw hands. I could throw that left hook pretty nice naturally. And I was like, oh, oh shit, okay. Maybe I have something I can roll with. And I just kept going back, and I was sparring damn near every day. And I just, I liked it. You guys did a lot of boxing in, in the military too, you know, in your camps and stuff? I yeah, tried. I, I Nobody I wanted to? Yeah. Well, no, sometimes when I got to my unit after dive yeah. school or even in dive school, I was in Florida and I was going to a gym out there and I was sparring people out there and, and nice. uh, training out there for a little bit. But when you're actually going through dive school, man, you don't have time for anything Yo, else. Tired. Yo, I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. For like the first two months, you have like 18 hour days of just getting beat down three, four times a day and yeah. you hard ass tests and every extra have, hour is for food and for sleep. Yeah, doing. exactly, exactly. But uh, after dive school and I passed that, I got to my unit. I tried to box out there, and I I ended up suffering a, a shoulder injury in dive school that that lingered with me to my unit. I ended up having to get surgery, and that kind of said bye bye to boxing after that. Damn, no. Uh, how did you get that injury? Oh man, carrying Don't boats really. on our shoulders and, no. and a lot of crazy stuff, man. There's just, a there's a TV. Tear. Yeah, there's a TV show about the the school that I went uh, that I went through. It's called uh, Surviving the Cut, okay. and uh, the Navy the Navy Dive School episode. That's the same thing I went to. Okay, but they didn't get you on that episode, huh? <laughs> thank God they didn't, man. I didn't want to look like shit on TV. Yeah, you got muddy and everything. You got people beating on you and stuff. Maybe crying like, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. crying. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh look at that weasel nah um good stuff though um being in the military you know something uh um it's it, this topic is just hammered out for the last you know for the last three four years um and that's the kaepernick goodell nfl stuff um 
what are, I mean, do you have thoughts on it? Um, I don't like talking about it much. Um, just, just say I have a lot of thoughts on, on Kaepernick kneeling. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I, I signed, yeah, I signed my life away and I was there, you know, I signed my life away to protect the United States and our rights and, you know, our rules and all that good shit. Right. I do not give a shit if he kneels or not. That is his right. He's not he's not saying, hey, I'm gonna knee, take a knee to say fuck America and you know, fuck our military or anything like that. He's like, look, there is problems going on in our country that need to be fixed. And doing uh making a stand and having a platform like the NFL on CBS or NBC, one of those crazy major platforms and have all of those millions of people looking, he's going to turn heads and he's going to get people talking. He was trying to make a change. In 10, 20, 30 years, we're going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick, how it started with him. The social justice movement started with uh, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee on a football field. I I completely agree on that, actually. I think that it, it, it like you said, 10... 20, 30 years, that absolutely will be the starting moment. Like in 2000, what was it, 2016, um, Colin Kaepernick took a knee and said, I can't stand for this national anthem because the national anthem says something that doesn't, that is untrue, in, in my opinion, uh, is untrue in our country. That's what he was saying. Um, a lot of people miss that, but I think people are starting to get it. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think Goodell missed it as well. I think a lot of the owners missed it. Um, basically, the people that um, he was uh, that he was trying to get their attention, they, you know, the powerful people, politicians, mm-hmm. the business owners, the NFL owners um, that have this power, um, they uh, they took it the wrong way. Um, and I'm glad that you see it. And it seems like every every ever a lot of a lot of the former servicemen that I've talked to, they feel the same way. They they see it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you see that. Um, like I said, I don't like talking a lot about this stuff a lot. I don't know what you, how do, what, what do you talk about on your show a lot? Do you talk about this type of stuff or do you just talk straight stats? Um, and games? Man, I talk about anything I want. Whoever comes on my show, whatever they want to talk about, I'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm last not, week, I'm not gonna. Last week you had a business owner on your show, right? Uh, yes, yes. And uh, what, I mean, what did you guys talk about? I didn't listen to the show. I just saw the titles and stuff. Yeah, uh, she came on and just talked about her personal business. Uh, she's local in Las Vegas, and she's growing it up, a little Etsy store. Talk and, any sports uh, at all? Uh, we talked briefly about the Jets and more like um, I also talk health and fitness. We talked about fitness and um, okay. some type of cardio that she personally likes to do because yeah. I'm a big guy on consistency. So I asked her about that and she just said, you know, find something that you love when it comes to cardio. That way it doesn't really feel like a chore and you can keep going. But as far as like um, talking about social justice and, you know, the issues going around uh, the country, I've talked about that in a couple of my episodes in the beginning of my podcast, like the first few. And I'm always down to talk about it some more, man. I I feel like right is right and wrong is wrong. And not saying my right could be different from somebody else's right or somebody's wrong could you know be different from somebody else's yeah but um what other uh what other guests have you had um i've had a a lot of ufc episodes i don't know if you ever got a fighter on there yeah Um, i've had two ufc fighters on on my podcast yeah mike davis mike beast boy davis and uh randy costa 
two two younger guys that nice. are are nice, man. Yeah, they're about to they're get real up. nice. Yeah, Who I think Mike that? Mike Davis should be fighting. Uh, I think he's going to be fighting in the next couple of weeks. I'm hoping, but they're both at like 145, 155. Okay, what is that? Uh, lightweight. Um, that's not Welter. Welter is is that Welter? Man, there's Welter. so many weight classes in boxing yeah, and MMA, dude. That's just 155, 145. Yeah, there you go. At least you know that. Yeah. <laughs> At least you know that. You saw the fight. Uh, you saw the fight. Um, last Saturday, I think it was. Uh, yeah, last not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before Steve that. Stipe in DC. Stipe in DC. We talked about it. Um, I don't think I commented on it on my show. Um, you know, I but I'll recap it real quick. You know, I don't I don't like the I didn't like the eye poke. I think that hurt DC a lot, um, and it was a very close fight. And any edge, you know, is a is a difference maker. For and sure. I think that was a big difference maker. And it's upsetting to see that. Um, that's my thoughts on that. And I, you know, there won't be a rematch. There won't be a rematch, and that's upsetting. Yeah, actually, I think that fight was absolutely amazing. I agree with you about the eye poke. You know, if you get stabbed in your eye, you're not going to be able to see, period. So he was one-eyed for the rest of the fight, and he still – DC still did a beautiful job in the octagon, man. Uh, Him and Stipe went to war again. The first two fights were stopped um, for TKO. This fight went the distance, man. When you have two juggernauts in the ring for 25 minutes – a Don't lot could happen. Down. Yeah, man. And they just went at it. But um, I seen today that Stipe commented and said that he will fight Ngannou next or John Jones. He's open to both of those fights. Who, uh, how do you think that should go? Do you think they should uh, just have Stipe fight one of those two first? Or do you think those two should fight first for the chance to fight Stipe? I personally feel like Ngannou has to have a title fight next. Okay. He's, he's hands down been the single most – uh, exciting attraction for the heavyweight division in UFC. Uh, his last four fights are first-round KOs. What more does this guy have to prove? You know, right. let him get in there, and then the winner out of Stipe and Ngannou should face John Jones. Or John Jones, I personally think, since he's moving up to heavyweight, he should get a tune-up fight, maybe yeah. fight like Curtis Blades or something like that. And then – he has that tune-up fight in the meantime, and then he could go to war with the winner out of Ngannou and Stipe. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what I was going to ask you too. Um, that's a uh, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Get him a tune-up fight, um, just to get comfortable in that body weight, and then uh, out of the winner of those two, um, they fight. It'd be cool if they were in that same card too. If you got John Jones and some other some scrub for him to beat on, <laughs> get comfortable, and then you had uh, Stipe. Um, with the title fight, and then uh, out of the winner out of that uh, would fight John Jones in the next, uh, uh, you know, however many months they would need to train. Um, It'd be nice, cool. but I don't think John Jones would ever fight in that headline. Exactly, not be the main card, right? Yeah. Um, good stuff. Uh, uh, that that was a great fight, though. Steve and DC, DC, and uh, John Jones has been um, seeing him in a, with with beefier legs. That'll be interesting. Yeah, if he has power to to (laughs) those leg kicks, man, that's going to be crazy. Um, NBA talk, uh, Luka Doncic, he's the the main attraction right now, beating on the Clippers, which you're loving to see. Um, What is going, like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, this is crazy. He's he's doing amazing things. He's he's becoming a legend. I've posted a few times on Talk Smack with Mac about Luka Doncic in the last couple uh, couple days. 
he's amazing, man. He is the future of the NBA. LeBron James is handing the reins to Luka. It's not going to Giannis. It's not going to Zion. It's not going to Kawhi. It's going straight to Luka. And this is the yeah. first time it's going to be a European. Yeah, man, that's pretty cool. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. The fact that he's only 21 years old and he's doing things that James Harden's doing. All right, James Harden's been and in the league. Not he's even done do- that. Harden's yeah, Harden's not beating the Clippers. He's not beating them. He, no, I, oh man, he's not. Harden is and not. Gonna... Luka Doncic is going. He went into that previous game. He had one leg. He sprained his ankle badly in the previous yeah. game. Porzingis didn't even play. He's right hand man. And you know what he did? He put up an incredible stat line. Hit the game winning shot at the buzzer. Step back three. All on one leg, and this dude is 21 years old. It's insane. That's the bro. future. That's yes. what I'm saying. Um, and uh, and he seems like somebody with a great mentality too. Um, He's a dog. Not as not as not as soft as LeBron because LeBron is soft. Um, I've always said that. You know, I would never tell that to his face because he'd beat my ass. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, I I do think that in in when you rank um, mentalities, when you look at LeBron compared to Kobe, compared to Tim Duncan too. Uh, KG, Kobe, uh, did I say Kobe twice? Um, Michael Jordan. Well-deserved. Uh, Larry Bird, yeah, well-deserved. These guys, they had, they were able to eliminate distractions. Um, they didn't care what other people said. Um, they talked they talk trash back um, and were great at it. Um, and then you got Kawhi Leonard, too, who doesn't talk trash, but he's able to do that same thing and still have that killer mentality. Um, LeBron just doesn't have that, and it's uh and so you compare him and Luca. Do you, I, I see it from Luca? I see that killer mentality. Yeah, Luca doesn't care who you are, how long you've been in the league, what you've accomplished. If you're in his way, you better back down. I saw he, some lockup defense from him too. Uh, yeah, that, he, that game, was that game. was a bit pedestrian during the yeah. during the season in last year, but it seemed like he's been saving it for the for the playoffs and. Right. To even be tied with the Clippers, who are supposed to be preseason favorites to win the championship, mm-hmm. to be tied with them in a series, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, Michael Jordan, he got swept by the Lakers, but he put up incredible – sorry, the, uh, swept by the uh, Celtics in that first playoff series for him. But he put up 63 points um, in one game. Uh, he put up incredible stat lines, but he couldn't pull out a win. Um I wouldn't say I would say that these Celtics teams are obviously way better than the than this Clippers team, but this Clippers team is extremely deep. Um, and Kawhi Leonard is supposed to be a top five player in the league, top two, three. Number, mm-hmm. Some people say he's the number one player in the league. Um, and this Clippers team is extremely deep, and I think Kawhi Leonard is still one of those top five players. But if he gets beat by Luka Doncic, who has um, not as much as him. He's literally beating him. Like it's not like it's it's a head to head matchup there. I I can't say that. I why would I not rank Luka Doncic? And I hate rankings and stuff, but I still do it. Why would I not rank Luka over Kawhi Leonard? Why would I not? Is there any reason why I wouldn't? Is it just because he's young? Because he hasn't won he's a championship. Young, yes, he's so, young. So <laughs> I got a few things. One. Uh, you mentioned Michael Jordan getting beat by the Celtics, you know, all those times before Scotty came, yada, yada, yada. My thing is the difference between a star and a superstar. Bradley Beal, star, not a superstar. 
The difference is winning. You're a star if you're putting up 25, 7, and 5, killing it, but you don't win. Devin Booker, he's a star. He's not a superstar. Luka oh. Doncic at 21 years old is a superstar in this league already. All right, but what about the 8 No, Devin Booker just went 8 No, It seemed like there was chemistry. Him and Aiden, um, and he did put the team on his back. He put he was he averaged thirty plus. I I think I might disagree with you on the Devin Booker thing. I think that he's coming into um, I think he's the same age as Luca as well. Um, I'll I'll check that. But uh, I, I see superstar from Devin Booker. Look at this bubble, man. He can be a superstar, but he is not currently. You don't think yes, that. the last eight, he they went undefeated when they were playing against teams that probably weren't interested. They locked up their seating. They weren't playing all their guys. They weren't going as hard. What about the first 60? Yeah. If he's a superstar, they wouldn't even have to go 8-0 to make it. And they didn't even make it either yeah. because of those first 60 games. Luka Doncic, all I see is that no matter who falls on his team, who's injured, who shows up, who doesn't show up, he performs and he gets wins. No doubt. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to his career. Even though he's a Maverick, I'm a Spurs fan. I'm a uh, huge Tim Duncan fan. I um, mean, I'm a huge Kawhi Leonard fan too. Um, and uh, but seeing him uh, in a Dallas uniform is going to be upsetting for the next 15, 20 years. Um, Mark Cuban did it right, man. Not looking forward to it at all, man. And Rick Carlisle is a great coach as well. Um, underappreciated. Oh, most definitely. Kristaps Porzingis, um, do you think he'll stick around the entire time with, uh, with Luca, or do you think Luca might have to find a new mate, um, new duo uh, throughout his uh, time? Just a, just a random prediction. I think Porzingis will stay around as long as Mark Cuban wants him to. <laughs> Mark Cuban like will <laughs> take care of his guys. Dirk Nowitzki didn't never wanted to leave. Yep. Uh, they have one hell of a core down there with Luca and Porzingis. Why would he want him? Why would he leave? Unless Mark Cuban's like, yeah, I'm packaging him and something else for another superstar with Luca. I hear that. Mark Cuban is a uh, he's a good guy. Um, oh, I think he uh, I think he he's he's one of the best owners out there. For sure, he's in the fans with his players. He's getting up shots. He's yeah. <laughs> He's showing love, but he he takes care of his employees from what I see. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Steve Ballmer, that brings me to the Clippers. Steve Ballmer and Jerry West sent seven first-round picks and uh, a star, a coming up-and-coming star point guard in, uh, and uh, who else did they send? Gallinari. And Gallinari, yeah. Uh, they sent those nine. They sent nine. Uh, uh, what do you call those? Nine attributes. Nine. Nine things for Paul George. And Paul George put up nine points in a clutch game. <laughs> One point for each asset. What do you make of that? I mean, so, I mean, saying what do you make of that? I hate that. I hate that because it's like, oh, what do you make of that? But like, just just focus on Paul George alone here. What is what is wrong with him? Like, are we gonna see Paul George come back to normal? He, he's playing head not mind games with himself. Yeah, man. I think Paul George is in his head. A lot of the fans are going at him, but you know, Paul George dug his own ditch. I was a huge Paul George fan going back to his Indiana days. Um, and when he came out, he was like, I want to play for the Lakers. I want to go to the Lakers. Okay. The Thunder trade for him. And he's 
re-signs with the Thunder. He's like, I, they came and got me. They showed me love. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I felt that. I felt yeah. that. I was like, you know what? The Thunder did go out on a limb, did yep. make a trade for him, did show him love. I get it. But then right after, he demands a trade to the Clippers? Yes. So as soon as he did that, I lost all of my respect for Paul George. And now that he's kind of down and, and, and going through it, I'm kind of getting a laugh in there. But I, I, I think it's just a matter of time before he gets his head out of the ditch and gets that's, it together. That's a great point. With uh, That's a great point about him, him switching things up. You look at Kawhi Leonard, gets traded to the Toronto Raptors, plays one year, they do a lot better, of course. You know, it doesn't matter. He played one year. Both of these guys played one year. Paul George, one year with the, with the Thunder, one year with the Raptors. Um, and Paul George was like, I'll stay, and then decides to not stay. Kawhi was all like, I'm going to weigh my options. I might come mm-hmm. back. I really will. I, I, I like to hear, but I think I might want to go somewhere else. And um, that's why you didn't lose respect for Kawhi. Exactly. Because exactly. he said up front, I'm not going to sign something right now. I want to test myself. I want to test the free agency market. Um, losing respect for Paul George right there. That is well, uh, well deserved right there. Um, I think that the Clippers offense doesn't use him well, though. He's been used as a spot up shooter a lot. And I don't think he's comfortable with that. I think Kawhi Leonard's more comfortable with that because that's how Kawhi Leonard started in the NBA as a spot up shooter in the corner um, and, and a defender. That's what he was a three and D guy with the Spurs. That's he, so he's, that was his first comfort. Paul George has never been comfortable with that. And Kawhi Leonard's handling the ball mostly. Um, and then Reggie Jackson or Lou Williams handles the ball a little bit. And then Paul George seems to get the ball at the end, either with the last few seconds in a shot clock to put up a shot or he gets a chance to try and uh, create a score for himself. I don't see him facilitating the offense very much. So I think I'm finding fault with Doc Rivers for this. Where do you put the blame? Do you put the blame on Paul George or do you put the blame on Doc Rivers? Uh, I'm going to put it on Doc Rivers because the way the team is assembled, they have a lot of rough, you know, tough and rough defensive guys, guys that can hit threes. They don't have many playmakers. They don't have many guys that could get Paul George involved, get on the easy layup when he's cutting on the backside. They don't have many of those. How many, uh, like, Kawhi Leonard averages, like, four or five assists. Yeah. Lou Will getting, doesn't average that many. He's getting yeah. – Kawhi's getting, getting better. better each year, but he's no LeBron. He's no Luka. Yeah. He's no Russell Westbrook. Right. The guys that would get you an easy layup when you're, when you're struggling. And right now, Paul George is in a ditch. He's in his head. The fans are in his head. And he's trying to find a way for him to get out. But, so, yeah, Rivers needs to put him in a better position to succeed. Maybe certain plays that are ran for him specifically, easy backdoor cuts, get a couple layups, right. something. That's all I, I don't the coach. I don't see much chemistry. Somebody that uh, um, one of one of one of my guests that comes on a lot, Marlon, he uh, he says that he doesn't doesn't didn't see chemistry almost all year with the with the with the Clippers. Um, and uh, I I guess I kind of see what he's talking about now. I didn't really see it, but now I'm starting to see it. Um, I'm starting to see the lack of chemistry. Um, I was about to mention something. Um, oh yeah. Kawhi Leonard was asked, do he was asked up front, do you think you can still win this series with Paul George shooting like this? And he said, yes, I think we can. Um, and that nobody made a big deal about it, but I noticed it. I saw the question. I don't pay attention to those kinds of things very often, but I saw that. And I liked the response from him. 
yes, I think that we have a good enough team. And I think basically what he was saying in my eyes was that we have a good enough team. I'm good enough. And Paul George is good enough to do things that help the team without just scoring. Um, that's what I saw. So I, I like that answer. What do you think? I completely agree. Paul George, their second best player, hands down, is shooting horribly. And they're barely losing. They, they barely lost a couple games. One was at the buzzer. So it's like if he shoots just 40%, they win by 10. Yep. So, yeah, I, I PG, feel that. PG, PG 13%. <laughs> That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing that. Oh, it's so bad. He hasn't even shot 13%, people. Give him a break. Maybe from three-point line, though. Um, last prediction here, Clippers-Mavericks. Is it going to go to the Mavericks or are the Clippers going to pull it out? Sucks to say, man, but I think the Clippers are definitely going to win. Okay. Um, just for the simple fact that the Mavericks don't have the experience they need to go in and close it out. You know, Porzingis is a little hurt. You know, the Clippers have some dogs. Lucas hurt too. Yeah, they they have some dogs, man. And Kawhi Leonard, he knows how to win. Coming up under Popovich, he knows how to win and he knows how to close games out. So I'll give it to the Clippers in um in seven. I really like the Clippers roster, man. They were my finals. They were my finals uh, winner coming into this. I mean, you look at the rotation. They got about four or five power forwards, small forwards. They can also play center too. That are like you said, dogs. They're they're mean. Yeah. They're big. They can they can they can bust down low and get a nice. They got little hook shots. They can shoot the mid range or the three point pick and pop. Um, they pass well. And then you got two wings, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that can handle the ball, distribute, score, get any shot they want. Same thing with their point guards, um, uh, Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams, Paul, uh, Patrick Beverly, who defends well. And then they got one big, Zubak, who's just there as the big, you know. And mm-hmm. I love that rotation. I think that's the perfect rotation that you can get in this league now. What do you think? I mean, what, I mean, you, you think that you could I – mean, that's the perfect rotation, is it not? No, I, I feel where you're something. coming from. When you have multiple wing players that could uh, score and defend at an elite level, which they have in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they can mix and match and play one through four, both of them, and shut down one through four. And I think so, the Lakers, I think the Lakers try to do the same things uh, with the like kind of. I think that they have very similar rosters. The Lakers have bigger guys, Javale McGee, Dwight Howard. Um, but but their guards are awful. They're the they're the worst. They have the worst guards in the in the league, especially for defense. Like uh, I saw a stat that they're last in opponent opponent points, assists, and rebounds or something in the backcourt point guard shooting guards. The Lakers give up the most in that, um, which is why I thought this Blazers game was a trap a little bit. Um, so head to head, Lakers Clippers right now. Are you going to be a homer and say Lakers or like are, are LeBron LeBron and Anthony Davis, they make up for it. Um, They make up for the Lakers' weak points. The complimentary basketball between LeBron James and Anthony Davis is second to none. There's there's no better duo in the league, and there hasn't been a better duo in the league for some time. Because any weakness that each other have, the other one makes up for. Can can you imagine or can you say any team in the league can stop an Anthony Davis-LeBron James pick and roll? I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a better duo. What I was thinking about while you're saying that was a better duo in the past few years, and I just can't. What you're saying is is right. Um, 
I mean, none of the neither one of them are elite three point shooters. LeBron is really good at at it though, so he makes up for it, like you said. Um, and, and Anthony Davis is an outside threat as well. No, I can't think of a single player or a single duo that could, except, uh, except, I mean, the the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I think those are the only two that should be able to defend that pick and roll real well. Especially so, Kawhi, who's shown he's shown he's shown some post presence against Kristaps Porzingis. Kawhi could do whatever he wants on defense, man. The dude is just – he's ridiculous. <laughs> but the reason why I don't think them two can stop a pick and roll with LeBron and AD is AD's length is just – come on, man. Yeah. Paul George is, what, 6'8"? Kawhi is, like, 6'8". Anthony Davis is 6'11 with a crazy wingspan. I mean, all LeBron really has to do is throw it up really high and not too many people in the league can stop it. Pascal Siakam or Paul George? Who's better? Paul George. Yeah? You still yes. say that? Yes. I I, I can hate on uh, on Paul George because he didn't come to the Lakers, man, but the dude is still one hell of a player, and I'm not going to knock anybody when they're in a little slump. He may be shooting bad, but he's doing everything else really, really good still. And Siakam is a really good player. He's just coming into his own. He's a late bloomer, but he's not Paul George. Yeah, I just think as a number two, Pascal Siakam is nice. Uh, I think that the things like what you were talking about, the things that P- Pascal does really well, elite defense, I think he's a better defender. Um, he defends the post real well. As, um, he's a better rebounder. But he doesn't have he doesn't have the handles that Paul George has. Uh, and I'd have to look at the shooting numbers, but I'm pretty sure Pascal is a pretty good shooter now. So I think that's kind of a wash, both those two. Um, it's just the being able to create your own shot. And I think that Kawhi and Pascal works as a duo better and would be better fit to defend Anthony Davis and LeBron. Because of the length of Siakam. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that one. Well, let me ask you. Uh, Let me ask you as a Spurs fan. Yeah. Do you think that Kawhi Leonard is just a player that has fell into the perfect place every single time in his career? No. Or is he elite, elite? I think that he has – I think his mentality is what has driven him. I think that landing with the Spurs absolutely was awesome because he got the best coaching. He got the best training. That's what he got. Um, and that helped him develop into a superstar. But he is not the same player right now that he was with the Spurs. He's continually got better through his only pri- his own private training as well as the reins of the Spurs – coming off of him because he wouldn't be doing the same things with the Spurs that he is now, which is handling the ball as much and being a playmaker, getting triple, almost triple double numbers. That's not what the Spurs were about. Um, you know, not for a long time. They, when they were in early two thousands, everything ran through Tim Duncan, everything ran through Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan touched 15 seconds in a 10, 15 seconds in a, uh, in a possession. Um, and that's what you see from the Kawhi, from Kawhi Leonard with the Raptors and with the Clippers. But that's not what you saw with Kawhi Leonard with the Spurs. You didn't see him holding the ball 10, 15 seconds. That's just not what it was. So um, I think uh, – no, I think that landing with the Spurs was absolutely the best move. And if he had stayed with the Pacers when he was drafted, he was drafted by the Pacers, I – I think he'd be a, I think it'd be about what you see from Paul George now. I think he'd be an excellent number two, but I don't think he would be I don't think he'd be a top five player. I don't think he'd be a number two player, no. Um, I think landing with the Spurs was the best move for him. And landing with the Raptors and Clippers are good moves, but I don't think that they've been uh, what you say, which is landing in the perfect situation. Uh, I don't I don't think that. Is that what you see? Uh no, man. I think he's great. 
I, okay. I watch him a lot, and he his mid-range is so fluid, so perfect. Uh, he knows his spots. He knows how to get to his spots, and it almost doesn't really matter who's guarding him. He His mid-range is great. Uh, uh, shout out to the Mamba Academy for that. But, uh, yeah, exactly. And then if you, if you plug in his best-in-the-league defense or top three defense, he's one hell of a player. I have nothing bad to say about Kwasner. Good stuff. Man, we gotta we gotta go. Um, I got a second hour coming in. It's gonna be NFL talk uh, with my own NFL expert. Um, so uh, we'll have to talk another time, bro. I really appreciate you coming on to the show. Yeah, man. Just let me know when you want me to get on. And I'll try my best to make it. No doubt. Um, you guys check out Talk Smack with Mac on Apple. Is it on anything else? Uh, talk Smack with Mac is on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor. Podbean. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, Talk Smack with Mac, and also Instagram. And I just recently made Talk Smack with Mac Facebook page. I'm trying to go everywhere. Good stuff, brother. Keep working. We'll have you on again. Thank you again for your service and for coming on. Thanks. All right, guys. We'll be right back. This is Larson Live, and we're going to listen to a couple messages and then the second hour coming on. Hey, this your boy, Jay Franchise part of the NBS Central crew, as well as one of the greatest sports analysts to ever bless the sports waves. I'm here to tell y'all, check out our latest show, NBS Central's Uncensored, where we give you the rawest and realest sports analysis to date. In addition to that, download the app NBS Central in the Google Play and Apple iTunes stores. Check it out now. Peace. What's good? What's good? What's good, baby? It's your boy Truex, the sports junkie of MBS Central's Let's Talk About It, hosted by myself and, of course, my homie from the Bay Area, my main man, Keo, where we don't just talk sports, we talk battle rap. And, of course, you already know we have the sneaker of the week, where Keo always gets it wrong, but that's neither here nor there. Check us out, man, every Monday night at 10 o'clock Central Time. Peace. You're now rocking with NBS Central. Embrace the sports perspective. Broadcasting live on Facebook, made available through NBS Central. Welcome to Larson Live. This is the Sports Perspective with Larson. Joining me, this is Larson Live on the NBS Central Network. Nothing but Sports Central Network. Go to YouTube, go to Spotify, like, share, subscribe. We got two other shows. Let's talk about it. Comes on at 10 p.m. Central tonight. Tomorrow night, you'll have the Nothing But Sports show at 9 p.m. Central. Make sure you check that out live on Facebook, and of course, made available on YouTube and Spotify. This is The Sports Perspective with Larson, and we're blessed. What a great hour. I just, I am, 
undefeated. I am undefeated in guests. Every guest that I brought on is awesome. Really good. I'm very happy with that. I loathe the day um, that I will have a terrible guest and it's going to be difficult and it'll be a learning experience. And we'll see. Uh, you know, a guest that just gives one word answers and is just completely terrible or just nervous. Uh, but I have, I am undefeated in my guest choices so far. Um, I'm very happy with the people that I brought on. They've all been excellent personalities and smart people. Um, I'm truly blessed uh, for the people that have come on to Larson Live um, and made my show better with their presence. Um, very happy with that. And uh, I can only give credit, of course, um, to the people that, uh, that connected me with those people as well. A um, uh, couple, couple of my guests are through um, people that I know that introduced me to those people. There's only one person uh, that I've uh, um, only, uh, you know, I, I could only say, uh, I could only take credit for one person on my show that's been on my show that I have reached out and gotten them on my own. And uh, um, everybody else is, is a blessing um, from somebody else. So that's just really good stuff. I'm very happy about that. Uh, coming on uh, pretty soon here, Chinsky to talk NFL, do our NFL talks. Um, we're doing the AFC East, uh, AFC South, um, maybe the AFC North too. Um, we'll see if he's ready for that. Looks like he's on. Um, so we'll bring him on as a panelist and uh, get this going. Um, just great stuff. Uh, really great week of basketball and uh, NFL's coming up. We got um, three weeks until until the season starts. Am I right, Dryden? Three weeks. Yeah, you, we were exactly three weeks away from the Sunday games. Were two weeks and obviously three days away from having that Thursday night game of Kansas City versus Houston. So it's going to be something special. Boo! Boo! <laughs> boo! Here, I'll fix boo. That. <laughs> um, good stuff. Uh, we're doing what, what division are we doing? What, what, what teams are we breaking down for our? our you know, I believe today we're breaking down. We mentioned the AFC South last week. It'd be only appropriate we start there, and then we'll go from the AFC South to the AFC East. Good stuff. We're uh, running out of time, though, um, so we better uh, we better get on it. Let's get things. to it, man. Um, we're running out of time. We're running out of weeks for these uh, for these divisions, though. We gotta seriously we gotta we'll, get cracking uh, on that. We got yeah NFC and uh, we we have two more NFC divisions, right? And uh, two one more, more and one more AFC. Yeah, so we should be good. Good. Yeah, we'll be fine. Um, yeah, we'll be fine. Uh, let's get it going. Hey, let me, let me find the share screen stuff. Um, get this, uh, get this, uh, presentation going again, because, um, that was really the way to go. Um, uh, did you listen to the first hour? Uh, I honestly just got back about 15 minutes ago, so I did not. Dang it. Wow. I, uh, I'm going to re-listen to it. I definitely wow. want to re-listen to it. Uh, but today I had to head out. That's so whack, bro. That's so whack. I, I, <laughs> I, felt, playing, I felt terrible bro. about it. I'm sure you did. No, nah, no worries at all. It was a really good hour, though. I uh, um, had a great guest on. He, was, uh, he does his own podcast, too. It's called Talk Smack with Mac. Uh, okay. Um, awesome. So I was really, uh, really happy with that. Nice. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to figure out. You're good. You're good. Figuring out that cool. Yeah. No, it's a uh, it, – Was it's that a... called Filler Time? Filler? Uh, 
other time? No. You know what I did, bro? I accidentally signed in um, to uh, – I accidentally signed in um, with my account. So yeah, now it's not... trying to get – trying me to – please tell about yourself. What are you using yeah, yeah. for? Blah, blah. Oh, no. Uh, Just let me in. Just let me sign yeah. out of this. Yeah. Oh, so I'm saying it looks beautiful, but it's a pain it? in the butt. Uh, research. I went through like five different websites, and this one was, I like I like this one a lot, partly because it's free, so yeah, you know, free is better right now. Uh, but it it does as easy. Uh, you'll see some of the changes today. Uh, a lot. It's very flexible, uh, and so it's great in changes, terms. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So I hope you hope you like it. I hope the audience making like it. changes. You know, making changes. You're trying to make yourself better. You know, I can better. always improve. You know, uh, unlike most of the uh, worst NFL teams, I like to improve week by week. Right, uh, what are these worst football teams? You know, we're actually going to cover a couple about. of them today. Uh, I mean, you know, especially when we get into the uh, AFC East a little bit one later. One with the one with the initials NYJ. I'm sure. Oh. You know that they might be covered today in, on that list. <laughs> on that on that list. On the list, the Jets. Uh, you know they're definitely there. They uh they had, you know, it was nice having. Obviously, there's a big shift in the uh, AFC East, so you know everything's up in the air for someone to take control of. Obviously, we'll be talking about that here in just a little bit. But uh, with obviously the changes going on, with obviously Brady leaving, the dynamic of. New England just lost everything over the last two years. Uh, that's going to put them up there. But, yeah, you know, the Jets, they don't have the best coaching staff. They have a fairly hard schedule. And, uh, really, they don't have any consistency to show in a shortened season, a shortened offseason to say, hey, we have a chance to, you know, go positive. So, No doubt. Check your phone. Verify me so I can get in. Yes. Um. Get me in on this. Seven nine, four one, two one. No, 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 no. It says, it says, it says oh, open the Gmail app. It says, yeah. Open the Gmail app. Tap yes on the prompt. And yeah, there we go. Oh, sign in canceled. Resending. There you go. Try it again. Open the Gmail app and do all that crap. Get me in. which kind of went just went to what the heck google why are you doing this to us for real look at this it was such a waste of time on my podcast such a waste of time this is not what the people want this is um, not what the people want they, they, this is not what they want, want to hear. let's just try that unbelievable yo tell me uh, about those you... uh yeah you're in port portland right um still what's up with the? Uh, are there still protests going on over there still there oh he didn't want to answer that question oh now he's frozen you know what this is just a terrible second hour so far you know i got a great great guest and i'm probably frozen you guys probably can't even hear me um or maybe it's him oh no he's back sorry about that sorry about that my uh you just for me that was my that was me that was me okay uh if you could uh resend that again and redo it again that'd be perfect that's what I'm trying. Jeez, um, this crap is way harder than it should be. Seriously, what's up with these signings? But uh, did you hear my did you hear my question though? Uh, I was wondering no, I are those protests still going on over there or what? You know, it's uh, 
it's not a great time to uh, go downtown right now. There's still uh, still some protests. There's still just it's tough. COVID really obviously affected things with the openness of a lot of places. Um, okay. Yes. All right. You ready for the code? It says Google sent a notification to your dot. Open the Gmail app. Tap yes on the prompt and tap okay, what, five uh, on which your phone to sign in. Five. Okay. Perfect. There you go. I need to know which one to tap. Perfect. All right. Did that work? Beautiful. Cool. Beautiful. Let's go. We did it, it, people. We did it. So, yeah, I believe you can see there we're going to start with that AFC South breakdown. That's exactly what I was doing. Start with the better division, the more competitive division, where we want to talk about. Is it? Look at that. Look at that beautiful Larson Live look. Um, what am I doing? F11? Nope. Yep. Once you, once you click it, F11 should work. F11. F11. Come on. F11. There we go. Gang, gang. Houston Texans are the first team. Is that alphabetical mm -hmm. order? Uh, it's order. Usually I try to do this one was alphabetical order today. Yep. This is not alphabetical so. order. J comes before C. Oh, oh yeah, actually it is. H I J. No, I no. Yep, H I J. Anyways, let's talk, let's talk Texans, bro. Sorry for here, Texans. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously they had probably the most surprising move of the offseason. You know, it, honestly, it could have been worse. I'll put it that way. Uh, you know, yeah, it sucks. DeAndre Hopkins was definitely one of the premier players that carried this franchise for a long time. But with that, you look at how they're able to fill. Okay. They got Randall Cobb, Brandon cooks, you know, okay. It sucks that you have your number one guy gone, but you still have Kenny stills. Now you add a guy like Brandon cooks again, speed Randall Cobb, one of the, still one of the better slot receivers. You bring in a guy like David Johnson. The reason why I highlight that adding David Johnson to this running back, I think is more important than them losing Deandre Hopkins because you still have a great quarterback in Watson. You have guys with speed that are going to get themselves open. But now you have a guy with David Johnson who's going to get, you know, 20 touches a game. And he can do more with those 20 touches than what Lamar Miller and Carlos Hyde could for last year. So, honestly, I think that was a huge win. Uh, they were able to retain a lot with it came to their defense or a line. Obviously, you see Jonathan Joseph, that was a big loss at corner. But outside of that, if J.J. Watt comes back healthy, this defense should be enough to, you know, be able to keep them in the playoff hunt. You know, that's a big yes since that's never happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What do you think uh, about Russ uh, Blackhawk? You know, I like there's, him a lot. there's a lot of talk about him being the in the be able to go in the rotation. Right now, he is uh, a good in terms of pass rusher. You talk about what he did at TCU, he's able to run. The issue with most of the Big 12 defenses, they don't know how to play a gap defense and they don't know how to stop the run. Uh, and so that's going to be a big yep. thing when you're looking at going against uh, Derrick Henry, going against um, – why am I blinking out? With uh, Man, you made such Tulsa, great points. The fact that they're not taught how to run defense, which is so funny because why is that? What, what the, like every single Big 12 coach just decides, you know what, one thing I don't care about is run defense. I don't yeah. care about it. Every single Big 12 team, they suck at defending the run. <laughs> what's up with that you look at the last three four years and how the shift of the big 12 most big 12 offenses now are averaging over 
30 points a game and the top four or five teams are actually averaging closer to 40 points a game while the defensive points per game you're giving up you know somewhere around 28 points per game now uh yardage you're now well over 400 yards giving up for the bottom half teams because it is now this shootout tile league it's this high scoring high pace offense you want guys that can rotate you're not going to be playing a four-man line you're playing a three-man or even a two-man offensive line you're wanting to get your middle of the field with linebackers and two to three safeties uh if your team has it corners that can tackle two to three corners two safeties three linebackers four linebackers that's a pinnacle big 12 defense the exception to that would probably be texas with they're able to do a multiple style yeah. of defense todd herman is really good at adjusting week by week outside of that though because you're having to do a zone in a three-man front it's basically like a spread tnt your nose tackle he has aa and the inside of the b then your dns have edge the linebackers are responsible for run duty that's why you saw seattle take a big draft pick with jordan brooks this is a yeah. guy who can cover but also has run responsibility that's a it's very perfect uh, thing Yes, exactly. Exactly. The linebackers in the Big 12 are more responsible for uh, the rushing defense. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Win-loss prediction for the Texans. So you are not a believer in the new offense of uh, the Houston Texans uh, with their lead receivers being Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb. Not a fan of that. Oh, Garden's gone again. Terrible. So... Here we are looking at this week through. Uh, he has them starting now week. Uh, Sorry about that. My uh, internet oh, came yeah. out. You know what? I've seen your house, sir. You should have elite Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> you know I wish. <laughs> Just not in my room. Oh, uh, yeah. No worries. Um, so you got them going 8-8. Eight and eight. I like this, uh, how you got the schedule set up. Um, rough, uh, rough start for them. Oh, that opening stretch is just terrible for them. Uh, you yeah. see that with I, Kansas I, City, I Baltimore. You know, I, I think I don't think Pittsburgh. Who, I don't know if Ben that? Roethlisberger will make it to Week Three. So I think because of the issues going on with quarterback, what? yeah. You think you think he, you think uh, Roethlisberger is that hurt? Dude, I think he's that hurt. He's that injured. Whatever it is, and even that, if, even if he is there, like the production is not going to be there. He's not going to be able to throw for more than two hundred yards a game. That's like. The guy, the guy, he—I don't think he has it anymore. Just with that type of surgery, I can't see wait the impact it has. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Get to them because, like the I'm Steelers, gonna... they're like their their offensive firepower is their biggest issue. They have injuries. Yeah. Why are we talking about the Steelers right now? I don't know. We can't talk. I, don't know. We just gotta hold it. Can't. I just gotta hold it. I have to yeah. hold it. You said okay. Let's hold it. Uh, let's get to the later later weeks. Yep. Um, three and one. Nice little stretch for them there. Two and two and two and two, just an average season for the Texans. Yeah, exactly. It's a typical Bill O'Brien season, you know. DeAndre or um, Watson might be able to give them one or two wins here or there, but I don't think, like you said, with the defense, they haven't shown they've been able to stay healthy. They haven't shown that they've been able to make the turnovers, especially in the big games. Uh, but because it is a seven playoff league, I think they'll be the seventh seed going to the playoffs. Thing is, usually in that last stretch, those last four to six games, the Texans do pretty well they always seem to come exactly. out on top and you look at that schedule that's a favorable schedule you had the last two weeks at home obviously of the last five games you have three of them at home and that, especially with that division rival you talk about indianapolis we'll get to later to face mm-hmm. them twice in the later weeks when they are playing better that's going to be huge for them if they lock down in those last six games which are the most important 
um, and they come out four and two, um, even if they even if they lose at Indianapolis, both of those games, if they go four and two against Indianapolis, and Indianapolis is nine and seven, um, and they're ten and six, Texans I think yeah, taking the division, you know. Yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah, uh, but I I mean I'm I'm sure the Texans will get one of those. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and now we're on to the Colts. Um, mm-hmm. Buckner. Yeah. I got in an argument with uh, one of my one of my all, one of my other former guests. He he comes on, um, and uh, he, he's a good friend of mine, big football buff as well. He is not. Uh, he says that Buck trading for Buckner wasn't really that great. You know, he's a good defensive tackle, but um, he's not a huge difference maker in terms of win totals. Um, I completely disagreed with him. I think yeah. he's. Uh, he's one of the most elite out there. I think he's taking over for Calais Campbell as that six-seven long-arm freak of a nature, three-four D end uh, defensive tackle um, hybrid. Do you see? Because I see the same. Yeah. I see the same body type. I see the same person as Calais Campbell and DeForest Buckner. Yeah, you look at okay. If Colts didn't pull this trade, that pick, they would have probably drafted Kinslaw, which is who San Francisco drafted. So you yeah. compare the two players. You have one who is a perennial All-Pro coming into his prime versus a guy who's going to be developed. So to compare those two, would you rather have one or the other? I'm taking DeForest Buckner every time. Yeah. So then, if I throw in another guy that may or may not make the team, like I think that's a great trade for them. Uh, I think DeForest Buckner is actually exactly what they need to put in that front line. You look at that defense, uh, obviously with uh, Larry Floyd being one of the better up and covering linebackers um, and that, you know, that defense has slowly improved. They chipped away Xavier Rhodes. That's a really big signing for them. Getting him. Sheldon better Day. Yeah. Sheldon Day, another good linebacker, or I mean, lineman that's going to be in that rotation there. D line. Uh, obviously the big talk for the Colts this year was Phillip Rivers. Gain Field Rivers, you're gaining him. Okay, you have probably one to two years left. You look at what they have on offense with the weapons they have at wide receiver, um, and we'll get to that with their draft picks. You know, they lost a couple guys, Eric Egram, obviously being a guy. Uh, Adam Vinteri Atari, you know, the guy that led the franchise in points told. That's going to be something that's really hard. I can't for believe him. he retired. Yeah, man. Crazy, finally. Yeah, yeah the guy. Finally, yeah, seriously. Uh, but the Colts, you know, they have a lot of weapons right now. Uh, you see what they're doing with court, uh, running back situation. Obviously, Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor will get to in the draft picks. Those guys are going to be a really two-headed monster. You add a guy like Trey Burton, who's a guy that can go in your tight end, your hook to curl passes, and, you know, can give you, you know, a 40-catch year. Obviously, Jack Doyle, if he gets healthy. Paris Campbell, a huge guy they got from Ohio State, a really speed guy that's going to be able to spread the field for them. Uh, and then you had T.Y. Hilton, obviously, the guy who's going to pull safety every time, going to create one-on-one matchups for this guy, Michael Pittman Jr., that they just drafted. The guy is a, you know, six-foot-plus frame. I think he's 6'2 officially. Uh, excuse me, 6'4 officially with uh, 220 pounds. With wide frame, and he's going to be one-on-one. I think what Indianapolis is going to do offensively is kind of to what Seattle did last year, having a Tyler Lockett and a T.Y. Hilton and a D.K. Matt and a Michael Pittman. Uh, Pittman. Yeah, so, but they don't have Russell Wilson. They don't have Russell Wilson. No. <laughs> but that's gonna hurt. 
this draft this draft was an amazing draft for Indianapolis. You look, I mentioned Taylor, who is going to be the star running back, and he could even be a top five running back right away. Uh, the offensive line is the best offensive line in the NFL. You saw what Dallas did for Ezekiel Elliott when he came out of Ohio State. Indianapolis is going to do the same thing for Jonathan Taylor. Julian Backman, one of the best safeties, underrated, uh, probably because the Pac-12 got a really bad rep, but you saw what Marquise Blair did in Seattle and the impact on how they want to use him for the future. Julian Blackman is going to be the same way for Indianapolis. Uh, Jacob Eason. You don't want to talk about developing a quarterback. He's going to sit out this year and watch and learn from one of the great studiers with Philip Rivers. Uh, it's going to be only – the future is going to be really bright for him. The thing for him is he has the talent. Can he grow? Can he mature? He only got half a year at Georgia and a year at Washington. This guy is super raw, but the talent's all there. You know? What? He only got one year at Washington? Mm-hmm. One Wait, who Washington. Was the, who's been the Washington quarterback for the last four years? Uh, Eason was this year, and then it was uh, um, Browning, Jake Browning. Browning, that's who I was thinking of. Yep. So wow, is... Jacob Eason's raw as shit. Yeah. So another guy <laughs> to keep the eye on that, you know. Why, why did I mix them up with Browning? Uh, probably because so Eason was just the how he played this year. Everyone's like, okay, here's the third best quarterback. What can you do? And the Washington team, they were a, a worse team. Eason probably made them better than they probably should have been with the ratings. Uh, so I, I think love what the Colts have done. Yeah. And then another guy I, I put on here for bold, it's Jordan scary. Glasgow. Yo, seriously. Uh, this draft grade is probably one of the better draft grades of the whole class of uh, all the teams. Yeah. Especially Jacob Eason ends up, you know, taking over Philip Rivers mm-hmm. after this year. Um, and becomes exactly. their uh, becomes their uh, yeah. franchise quarterback. He yeah, has an amazing. He has a very strong arm. Um, he's not going to be a Kirk Cousins or, uh, um, or 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 Dak Prescott out there. He has. They said he has one of the strongest arms out there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful throw. He could end up being there. Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah. drafted in the fourth. Um, yeah, this this very much reminisces to me to the 2012 Seattle draft. Where... I was just about to say that. I was about to say that. Yeah. Yeah, but Jacob Eason won't end up taking over Philip Rivers right now. He's just no, no. He'll sit out this year, but I think that's the best thing for him. Jonathan Taylor, where is he going to be on uh, fantasy running back list? Running back two, maybe maybe a low running back one. The, oh, what I mean is like rankings, like uh, in the top end, five. He'll be top five. Yeah, that's a, you look that's at you, you, you look at what San Diego, excuse me, Los Angeles Clippers, Clippers, Chargers did with Philip Rivers last year in the last couple of years. It was, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler running, running the ball running and receiving exactly, yeah. you know, ten to fifteen passing attempts to running back out of the backfield. Jonathan Taylor's going to be Hulk this year, man. Does Taylor like uh, catching the ball? I don't remember him catching it much with Wisconsin. La- just, it was so the run. first first two years he got, you know, maybe five attempts a game this last year he had a career high in catches and a career high in attempts so it's improving okay so you're gonna you're gonna say you know it it glitched out but as a win-loss prediction um (laughs) i i think i honestly think there's this there's this excuse (laughs) it's going to be a 12 and 4 season for indianapolis in my opinion you look at what they're able to do what they're able to retain the coaching staff and look at the schedule here 
you know, it's a very favorable start with very Jags finding game. out. Minnesota, that's going to be a tough one. They get lost there, but the Jets and Chicago, you know, that's easily a 4-0, 3-1 opening week. Cleveland, you know, that's going to be, you know, the another one of those 3-1, and 2-2. and uh, I don't think they're good enough to beat Baltimore yet. Uh, I think, you no. know, Lamar will get into that next week. I think they're going to actually increase their output to what this year was. Um, then you go into the week 10 stretch. Obviously, this is the hardest stretch for them. But I think the playoff teams, when you get to that week 10, week 11 point, that's when they make that run. You talked about with Houston the last eight games. Similar with the Colts. If you're going to be a playoff team, you've got to finish the year, you know, 6-2, and 7-1, and 8-0. and oh. And you look at with this, okay, they're at Tennessee. I, I think Colts are actually have enough to get the ball away from Tannehill. They're going to be able to control it on the offense against Tennessee's defense. I actually think they take Tennessee both times. Uh, wow. Green Bay is going to be that matchup of, okay, how much does Rodgers have left in the tank? If they're still fighting for the playoffs, I think Green Bay's in it. But if Green Bay struggles at the beginning, you might see Jordan Love come in early, and that could be an easy win there. Uh, Whoa. I think he- Whoa, I can't wait till we get to that. Uh, <laughs> We're not you know, going to blow by that without mentioning that. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to get benched by week if, 10. If, if Green Bay is doing bad, I, I don't see Rodgers finishing the year. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. Of course, um, of course. Houston, I think they'll split with Houston, so I gave Houston my loss there. And then you look at that last four games, man. Like, that's perfect. Games. Um. All right. Oh, this is Jaguars now. Yep. Uh, Jaguars. This one's going to be very easy to talk about. Uh, They didn't have a very effective. They re-signed some guys, but uh, their biggest additions was Tyler Eifert. You had a weapon at tight end. You know, a guy that was considered a top 10 tight end. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit less now with the type of offense they're in. Uh, Joe Sherbert, linebacker from Cleveland. He was a guy who was their leading tackler. So adding that to this defense to go along with uh, Miles Jack should be very helpful for that linebacker core. Uh, but I don't think it's enough to really change them out. You look at what they lost. Obviously, Nick Foles' era didn't last too long. Uh, you losing Clayus Campbell to the Ravens and A.J. Boye's Denver, as we covered last a, week. Well, they get a fifth-rounder for Campbell. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you look at this draft class, a lot of people were – Yeah. A lot of people were – Anderson. Yeah. You know, the guy played – very well in the SEC style. The thing for him is you look at the division he's in. He's going to be going up against Deshaun Watson, Phillip Rivers, uh, and Ryan Tannehill. Tell me more about Henderson, though. I don't, I don't care about okay. who he's playing. If you're good, yeah. you're good. And with Henderson, what I saw was he was physical, but he got burnt. Exactly. Uh, That's the type of thing. A lot he's, of shit. Um, he's going to need safety help on coverage, which Jacksonville does not have solid safeties to make up for that. So he's going to be exposed a little bit this year. I think of him as a slimmer Trey Flowers. He's going to be a guy who's going to be a ball hawk on your slant routes and your hook routes. He's really going to jam the uh, corners, but he's going to get burnt on double moves and slants. Or, I mean, uh, goes. So that's going to yeah, be – it's going to be a learning year for him. I was, I was thinking that Marcus Peters – Mm-hmm. Mark Peters, Peters, yeah, when Mark Peters came there, exactly. They're similar. You know, that, that's probably his his ceiling would be a Marcus Peters level. Uh, and, Marcus you know, Peters got a lot better this year, this last year. He, he, yeah. he wasn't getting burnt. He wasn't you look, well, burnt. you look at the first game against Seattle as the Rams, he got burnt, and then when he came to Baltimore and did a simple switch to the defense, and yeah. he looked like a Pro Bowl caliber corner again. So, yeah, I, I was that was huge. I was looking at the numbers, and I was like, yo. Yeah. Chase on. Chase on. injury. 
Achilles injury, you know, edge rusher, it's a boomer bust pick, and obviously I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think you look at uh, Shenlaw, another guy, boomer bust pick. People think he's physical enough to make him the NFL. Uh, I think he's a guy, though, that maybe not by this year, but end of the season and next year, he's going to be showing to be a wide receiver one in fantasy leagues. LaVisca, LaVisca, oh, you you said wide receiver one. Yeah, that's who you were just talking about. Yep, yeah. exactly. By the end of the year, you think he's going by, to be a wide, by, wide receiver? By the end of this year and going into next year, he's going to be a wide receiver board. He's going to be Gardner Minshew's number one wide receiver. He's a red zone target. He's a guy that can deep and burn. He reminds me of a his ceiling of a young Julio. Uh, I don't he's like a, him. Yeah. It, I didn't it, like it, his boom, tape. Boomer bust pick is, is what this draft was. I did not um, like his tape at all because when I saw him, he looked slow. Um, he did not look like a crisp route, route runner at all. I saw some drops, um, and yeah. I don't. I don't think the they used him well in the offense either. By the way, they were no Colorado was really rough. Yeah, like, what are you doing yeah. He shows he's a great athlete. He's a guy. The thing about him is he does have a strong catch radius. He can go straight up and catch it side one hand stretch. That's what he did really well. You know, there's a couple drops, but he is a physical catcher. And you team him up with a guy like Colin Johnson from wide receiver, another you know six two plus type of guy. This guy is your physical. This guy is your DK Matt in terms of build he's not quite as strong he's not quite as fast uh but the way texas used him you know if you need to go deep you need to go throw your fader out you're throwing it to colin johnson uh so i think you add some weapons for garter Minshew to really go around and see if he's the guy uh guy we skipped over ben barch he's going to be in the starting offensive tackle uh, a guy that really showed well at st john's and they think will just slide right into the nfl yeah he, he I, I don't know much about him but i know that he doesn't have much competition with the Jaguars offensive mm-hmm. line. And if you say he's good, then he's good. Um, six and 10 prediction. I can see it. Yeah. yeah. Pretty it's much the year. same schedule as the Colts. Um, yeah. I mean, these guys are all playing the same teams, Jaguars, Texans, Colts, mm-hmm. and uh, they're all playing the same teams except for one or two games. And uh, Jaguars just aren't as good as these other teams and they'll lose. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they'll especially get beat on by the, by the a- or, uh, NFC North. Um, they'll pull out a couple of their own division. Yeah. Uh, Titans, um, yeah, they had, they had some moves. Um, what do we see from the Titans? They have a very nice coach at their helm. They have a, yeah. uh, what the hell is his name? Vrabel is a good Mike coach. Mike Vrabel, yeah. yeah he, uh... They got a nice little setup. Um, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown is a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. When you, I mean, yep. if you've seen one, he's, he's the next great wide receiver. Um and uh, so, I mean, they, they – and great linebacker court, too, by the way. When oh, I yeah. looked at that, I was like, yo, they have four. I mm-hmm. think. Isn't it, is it – or is it the Colts? It's both it's of them. Both of those teams, they have – yeah, both Colts and the Titans have great linebacker courts. Yeah. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee has a solid defense, and they look at what they did last year. They stopped you. They're, they stopped you on third down. That was most important. They were a great yeah. third down. You look what they did against the Patriots. The most three and outs that Tom Brady ever had in his career was that playoff game uh, against them. And you mm-hmm. see what they're able to do uh, with the core and really disrupt, stopping the run, stopping the short game, stopping the screen game, uh, which New England loves to do with the screen game and Tom Brady loves to do. So they're very fast. They're very smart. You add in a guy like Vic Beasley, who's going to be able to come off the edge, add about eight to 10 sacks, a guy who's going to be able to really 
uh, bring some more to an already solid defense. You bring in Jonathan Joseph to be able to play a little bit more man coverage on that defense when you do bring pressure. It's great. Uh, bringing in offensive tackle, who has a chance to start or be that sixth tight end offensive lineman with Ty Sambrillo was a really, uh, you know, it's kind of like a George Fant signing. Uh, they did lose, quite, you know, a couple like, you know, they weren't, hey, stars. I mean, Luke Jack Hoffman. Yeah, Logan Ryan, you know, he's a free agent right now. He's so he still is available, but unlikely for Tennessee to sign. Um, Jack Coughlin. He was good. He still is. You know, it's one of those, it's kind of wait and see uh, who gets injured and then he'll get signed. So far, no one's been getting injured and, you know, no one really wants to spend money. The teams that are contenders really don't have the money to spend and the teams that have money aren't wanting to contend. So what's the point of signing him? Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. understand. Whoever, whoever yeah, does sign him to make nice. a steal. Is he old so. or something? No, he's not. Um, he's, you know, he's average. He's average. That crap um, just doesn't make sense. I don't even think he's average, though. That's the thing. I think he's a really good corner. Like, he's better. No, 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 age-wise. I think he's – oh, age-wise. I think he's yeah. better than Jonathan Joseph. Yeah, I think um, I think Logan Ryan is – you know, I think he still can be a Pro Bowl corner. He's 29. Yeah. Bro, somebody – Raiders, sign him. Damn. <laughs> yeah. He can play in the slot. He plays outside. That's a – Yeah. Yeah, he's a solid corner. Uh, you look at Delaney Walker and the impact he's had on this team for a while. Obviously, the production began to go. That's a huge loss for them. Uh, but this draft is a really solid draft for them. You look at Isaiah Wilson, plug-and-play starter right away, uh, really adds that for Ryan Tannehill, the blind side, as well as being able to be a solid. You saw what Georgia likes to do. They love to do off-tackle runs and dive runs. That's exactly what they do in Tennessee. Great pick up there. Christian Fulton, a guy that really fell. He thought would be a, you know, a late half now first round pick. over for Logan Ryan. Mm-hmm. This guy is going to be your honey badger on the defense. He's going to be your ball hawk. He's going to be the guy he can play safety, nickel, corner, whatever you need of him, he's going to do. I actually think he was the best defensive player on LSU's defense last year. Uh, so I was very surprised that he fell this far. I think Tennessee had a great steal. Darrington Evans, this guy who played – uh, he played at H back, but he played like he was, he was a receiving back. He, you know, he's a guy, he, uh, you know, Henry's going to be the one, two punch. This guy replaces Dion Lewis with a guy that can catch the ball in the backfield as well as run your sweeps. And he can also play H back. He can play Y uh, position. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. Chase on, excuse me. He is not the one with the Achilles. It's actually Delpit that I was thinking. Oh, um, yeah. Chase on Delpit Fulton. Who else was on that LSU defense? Uh, those were the top three, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, those were yeah. the top three. Yeah, I guess I didn't really see it, but I guess Holden is the – because Chaseon was a one-dimensional spin move. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> spin move, rush the passer. Um, that's how we, that's how we got to the quarterback. Um, yeah. fast, uh, fast and skinny, didn't really cover very much. Um, yeah. And then Delpit was a weak tackler. Definitely bad on the defense. He was just a straight ball hawk and just mm-hmm. stayed out there. But Holden is the one that was uh, all around. Yeah. everything um good stuff uh now tell me do you actually watch appalachian state like for I you to know or do you just watch the film i had to go and watch some highlights uh okay. what i watched about him and i saw what scouts were saying on him is it's the perfect uh spell for henry what you want to do with your run back you know sometimes you can be like stay out do you want to have a one-two punch i think for an offense like tennessee you want to be able to add t- Tannehill year you look at what Deion Lewis did uh similar to with Rex Burkhead in New England a guy who can catch the ball the uh, field and run hard and run fast but Deion Lewis re- replaced mm-hmm. yeah. exactly um, exactly also uh pro trip pro tip from not a pro um never don't don't ever say highlights just say film even if it's highlights, I always say film <laughs> because 
it's you know sometimes yeah i just watched a few highlights but sometimes yeah i'm actually watching the real film real yeah. green film all that kind of stuff like a coach but yeah sometimes i use highlights and people will use that against you for no reason <laughs> oh you only watch highlights well no you know i, I watch both okay you know i had to yeah. see some see some great plays from this guy too i'm not just going to see the bad ones um yeah 11 and 5 though i can't yeah. see that i can't see 12 and 4 and 11 and 5 in this division and yeah I think it's it's, really, it, the AFC South never produces that. No, it, it hasn't. That's why I think this is the most competitive it's been in recent years with having three teams with set quarterbacks. You look at with what the Colts are doing in their system and what they've done. We talked about it already, but you look at what you said, Mike Frabel, the guy who's really, he can coach his players and he can make his players play better. I mean, you look at Ryan Tannehill, this guy who no one really expected to do anything, but Mike Frabel was able to use him, making comfort. I think we're going to be a lot more comfort plays. You saw the draft in addition to what they've done for him. Henry's going to have a great production uh so you know that's that's really solid i think they're gonna have a good year yeah I, it's I, on the same it's on the same thing you just have to go back yeah it's on the same website just yeah go back and then it'll be AFC. this one AFC. or this one afc oh, east. that's west that's west uh good stuff um afc east now uh just my quick predictions on the south I think the Colts take that division. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Texans will be right there, and the, and the Titans with the same similar records. I got the Colts at ten and six, and um, maybe eleven and five, that type of thing. Ten and six, eleven and five. They'll be either a game or two above the Texans and the Titans, and then those two will be, um, I think, pretty even. Eight and eight, nine and seventeen uh, team. That's what I see. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, Titans and uh, I didn't get to see the schedule, dude. Titans or Texans, any other wild card teams like the Raiders, Broncos, um, Steelers, they do play. Uh, so those will be big matchups. Uh, they play the Browns as well. So yeah. a, so if they play those four teams, those, those are those those are the eight six teams that I see as wild card teams. Um, yeah, Broncos, mm-hmm. Raiders, Colts, Texans, Steelers. Browns. Those are my wild card uh, finalists, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. Um, nobody out of here is going to be a wild card. It's going to be a nine and seven division winner here. That's what I see. Where what are we doing with the Bills here? What do we see? You know, I'm actually I I'm definitely going out of my comfort and my normal thing with when I look at the Buffalo Bills. You look at what they did here, bringing with Mario Addison, Ron Butler. That's going to be to an already loaded defense. Huge conditions. I think the trade for Stephon Diggs, that puts trust in Jocelyn. Hey, we're going to get you your weapon. Uh, You look at what their offense was already able to do last year. They were, you know, above average, you know, uh, you know, one or two playmakers away from being able to, you know, try to go to, you know, they're not quite Baltimore and Kansas City level, but they're right there. Uh, so I think bringing him is EJ Gaines, another great nickel coverage, Quinton Jefferson, who led Seattle with sacks last year uh, coming in. So they have a great rotation on defense. They have a great offensive game. Uh, it's going to be really good for them. Yeah. I like that. AJ Epinenza going in the second round was pretty crazy. That was a huge drop. And honestly, like you said, you talk about this defense now, I mean, this defense is going to own the line of scrimmage against whoever they play. Uh, 
and that what he adds, he's a three down defensive lineman, which is rare to have right away as a rookie to be a three down lineman, but he can be a three down lineman. Uh, Zach Moss, this guy was Mr. Everything for Utah. He would touch the ball 30 plus times a game. He was really good, very much like a uh, Derrick Henry. He runs north and south really well. You get him moving left to right. He's a little bit better than Henry, but still not his comfort. He does receive the ball, though, better than Henry. So he's going to be able to be a weapon for Josh Allen, and he spells Josh Allen really well, which is something Buffalo did not have last year. Uh, Gabriel Davis, a guy from UCF. So he spells Josh Allen really well? To spell, so to break off. Like, he's able uh, to, yeah. yeah. He, he uh, well with him. Gabriel, Gabriel wait, Davis. Wait, wait, wait. Devin Singletary, what does that mean for him? Backup. I Devin think, Singletary is the backup? I think he's – I think – Midway through the year, Zach Moss will be the starter. Not a it's big fan be of Singletary. A one-two running back. Yeah, I think he'll be. I, th- I, th- I think he'll be like a, what a Tevin Coleman was to uh, Atlanta with um, Singletary. Uh, yeah, I think Singletary will be that backup, but plays as much as a Tevin Coleman did in Atlanta. Okay, two back sets is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I like that because Zach Moss is a little dude. Um, he uh, is he a little dude? No, he's uh he's he he's, uh, what's he's, his he's height? close to Henry. Uh, Zach Moss. He's, he's about. Who am I thinking of? Um, You're probably thinking of uh. So yeah, he's uh he, he oh actually no he is a little bit of a little guy I guess that's relative. He's five yeah. ten. He's five ten. Yeah, he's five. I, I, yeah, five nine to twenty three. That's what yeah. I see. Um, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, I'm trying to stay away from the Bills uh, running game. Um, running backs because I did not watch much of the Bills offense um, last year. It was a snooze uh, fest last year. Uh, yeah, exactly. They... That, that was a problem. It was a snooze fest. And so I didn't watch Singletary, and I'm worried about uh, missing out on Moss or Singletary yeah. in fantasy. You know what? In a deep uh, PPR league, another guy to watch is Gabriel Davis. Stephon yeah. Davis will take a lot of cover. This guy is a guy who really went sideline to sideline, uh, very sharp receiver. Uh, with his route tree, and I think he's going to be a weapon for uh, why can't I remember his name? Buffalo's quarterback this year, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, um, <laughs> Humphreys, Humphreys, uh, no, 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 Humphreys, uh, Beasley, Be- yeah, Big Beasley, Beasley. Beasley? Slot no, 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 Cole, Cole, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is my man. Is he there or is Adam Humphreys there? Um, Cole Beasley is there, and Adam Humphreys is with the Titans. Yep. Um, Cole Beasley, John Brown, Stefan Diggs, and you say Gabriel Davis will make a mark. Yeah. Yeah, okay. they will. Uh, Jake Fromm is weak as shit. J- Jake Fromm, you know, I think it's one of those picks where you bring him in, you have him sit under Allen, and if Allen really shows and gets a little too expensive, I think Buffalo will let Allen walk and give Fromm a chance. I think the that similar- boy weak is. Yeah, but he's SC quarterback and he beat, <laughs> beat out everyone else. He brought them to the best in the SEC. So, twelve and four. Twelve and four. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. You look at the start of the season; it's very easy. You look at the end of the season; it's very easy. Their toughest stretch is obviously that part of the season where the teams that are good start to get going. You look at that Seattle, Arizona, San Francisco. I think they actually beat one of Seattle or Arizona, and I think they're going to beat Seattle and Buffalo. Uh, and I think. Looking, obviously, the Chargers is a free win. San Francisco and Arizona, you know, it could be a coin flip for the Arizona game, how Arizona is doing at that point of the season. And then, yeah, they end it. It's a really easy schedule for Buffalo. And if no one gets injured, I think this is going to be a season where they can take a number two seed, number three seed. You know what? I think the Raiders are going to beat the Bills. I think you know, the Raiders are going to beat the Bills. I do. If, 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 
Carr plays at his MVP form, it's definitely going to be a contest. It's all on Carr. You're gonna, we're going to watch those first two games um, with the Raiders. We're going to watch him, what is it, against Denver and the Saints? I think that's what it is. I don't remember what it is. I think it's at Denver, right? Um, at Denver. Um, I don't remember who the first game is. No, Panthers. Panthers at Panthers at Carolina. Yep. Um, that's the first game. We're going to yeah. watch at Carolina, Carolina and then the Saints. Saints. And we're yep. going to see if Derek Carr is that dude again. Yeah, we'll find we'll, out. We'll find out right then. And then I will switch all my predictions uh, and figure that out. Um, that's what I'm going to see. Uh, New England Patriots, I really like their acquisition of Cam Newton. Um, but they lost a lot. Did you did you mark the players that they lost due to COVID? You didn't mark them. You didn't, I didn't mark. Didn't, I didn't mark any COVID. Yeah, you didn't. If I if I did that, this list would me, be uh, two pages. Yes. Yeah. It absolutely would. Let me see this COVID list because uh, I don't know what yeah. Bill Belichick did. What kind of incentive he gave? But he gave some sort of incentive to tell his best players to take the year off. And he said, you know what? We're going to tank and we're going to get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Belichick yeah. Um, I, I got that list right here if you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, with the Patriots, obviously, Brandon Bolden, that was their running back red zone. Marcus Cannon, guy who's going to be off the tackle with them. Yeah, Patrick Chung, their star yeah. safety. Dante Hightower, their star running back. Uh, I did bring it on here, but it just was announced Marcus Lee uh, last week decided he wasn't going to play. They just brought him in. Matt LaCrosse, their second string tight end. Fullback, Denny Vitella. Back Are the McCourty twins? Torin. Didn't they say, say – didn't the McCourty twins say they uh, were taking the year off too? They decided not to. They decided not to. Okay, I, I knew there were rumors about that. Um, okay, so not as terrible as I thought it was, uh, but losing Hightower, yeah. uh, Cannon is a pretty big loss too, and um, Chung. Those yep. Are and you add that to there. what they already lost. Uh, Danny Shelton, who, you know, we'll talk about in Detroit. I think he was one of the better nose tackles in the NFL. Oh, Jamie Collins, one of their most flexible linebackers, right next to the other one, Kyle Van Noy. Both of them going. On top of that, like, this defense got destroyed this year. Uh, you know, Gronk didn't play for them last year, but, you know, he's going to Tampa to go along with his buddy Tom Brady, the guy who's been the identity and the face of the NFL for the last 20 years, finally leaving New England. Uh, you talk about Ben Watson retiring, Stephen Karkowski retiring, Philip Dorsett going to Seattle. Uh, if any team lost the offseason, it was the Patriots. Yeah. Um, and you don't like their draft. Their draft was definitely, obviously they had some trades they did Uh, in a season like this. It's really hard to develop Kyler Duggar, this guy they drafted at a division two school. He's a guy who showed a lot of uh, film plays uh, that looks really well. But again, that was against guys who, you know, could have made it at the college that we went to together. So it's, you know, how does he do against NFL stars? Uh, Franny Jennings, this guy from Alabama, I think he's a guy that, uh, if you want to talk horse whisperers, Bill Check is a defensive whisperer. I think this is a guy that he'll be able to get the most of. But the rest of these guys, I mean, you have drafting two tight ends and trying to see, okay, we're going to be a two tight end set this year, uh, on with especially with Cam Newton. They do a lot of two tight end sets in Carolina with him. So they're trying to do the same thing with that. You look at what they did with drafting uh, three offensive lines as a six-round pick. But again, you're not going to be able to develop any of these guys. Uh, and nope. wherever the quarterback is, they're going to be left to drive. Yeah. Yeah, you're not developing any of these guys in the offseason. So they're basically non-factors for this season. Anthony Jennings might make some plays in the end. Um, yeah, except for their kicker, none of these guys will play. Yeah. Doesn't get easier Five for them, though. and 11. 
Yeah. I uh, I never thought I'd have a negative record with Bill Belichick as head coach, but you look at the season. Even with Cam yeah, even with Cam Newton. Uh, that, you know, Miami, Tua probably won't start right away, so they should be able to get a win there, but doesn't get easier with losing to the Seahawks, losing to the Raiders, losing to the Chiefs. And by that, the, just the morals there. The question will be, does Belichick stay? Does he retire? Does he leave? Is Cam oh, the right guy? All, you know, all, all, all this is going to be stirring up leaving. the team. He's not leaving, but it's going to be affecting the you know the, the team. Yeah. Uh, Denver with their improvement, the Niners there, the Buffalo there. Uh, you know, it doesn't get easier for them at the beginning of the season. Especially, especially the Patriots' offense, pretty complicated. Um, <laughs> and uh, Cam Newton's not going to have enough time to crunch it. Oh, we got eight minutes. Let's let's All break right, let's down get these it. last two teams. Uh, pretty down here. Yeah, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. You know, they Byron Jones, Shaq Lawson, Kyle Van Noy. Uh, oh, Emmanuel Ogba, those that's a solid addition to their defense. This is what I'm talking about, bro. I don't know what you're not seeing here. Jordan Howard is underrated. He is. He he was a good did a good job in Philly. He's a guy who you know he won't be a thousand yard rusher uh, with this offensive line, but he's going to be able to do just enough. I think. Hmm. Uh, they really didn't lose a lot. You talk with Charlton, never really worked out. Kweeb to leave a little bit retired. Rashad joins. Uh, you know he just doesn't have it anymore. They didn't like lose it. a lot. Uh, I, I, I'm really liking my Dolphins pick, bro. You, uh, looking at this stuff again, nothing is deterring me. Let's look at this yeah. draft. But you say Tua is not playing, though. That's your thing. That's the thing. If Tua doesn't play this year, I give this draft a B minus, uh, and it's reworking for the future. This is going to be a scary draft class next year. Uh, but I think if they are smart, they will not play Tua. Uh, if they do, I think they'll regret it. But obviously on the off chance, if Tua does play and he does show the highlights, Ooh. I think they do well. Uh, Damn it. You might have to hit that escape. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, um, but, yeah, so is a team that – the potential's there because of the AFC shifting. They have a chance to, you know, become a wild-card team this year. Uh, I don't think they'll beat Buffalo in terms of taking the number one seed, though anything's possible, uh, especially with the Tua Magic. But I don't see that happening this year. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be better than the Jets. They'll be better than the Pats. Uh, you look at the schedule, though. It's it's not. It, it's still tough for them. Uh, you look at having the week the start with New England. Okay, you know sh- that that's going to be a toss up game. Jacksonville should be a free win, but Buffalo and Seattle right off the gate. Denver, San Francisco, then having to play uh, the Rams team that you know you don't know how they're going to be this year. Uh, Chargers should be a free win with how they're going, how their season line up. But then again, at Arizona. Uh, you know, I think they're going to split with the Jets and they play them in that same quadrant. I think Joe Burrow is going to have Cincinnati being in a position that they'll be better than Miami this year. Uh, so that's not even a free win. And then you look at Kansas City and then ending the year on the road at the Raiders at Buffalo. That's just, that's a really bad stretch for uh, Miami this year. Tua, uh, if he plays 16 games, what's their record? If Tua plays 16 games, they're going to go eight and eight. That's my opinion. What a, safe, uh, what a safe pick right there. That's a safe pick. <laughs> I don't think Tua has it this year to, you know, carry the team yet. And I don't. if he does play, he's not going to throw the ball more than 25 games. They're not going to risk exposing him. I like Devontae Parker, and I like Jusecki. Yeah. Um, so I think he has weapons, and that run game is uh, – I like it enough. Howard and Matt Breida. Um, yeah. What you what you say about their offensive line though is important. Because their offensive line, him. that's the issue. You bring in Austin Jackson; he's going to be a great guy to develop. The keyword there, develop. The um, they just brought in uh, another guy that they signed. I don't remember his name. We were just talking about him. Um, let me pull it up here. Yeah, I'm looking at their hour lads. 
depth chart here. Our lads, that's the go-to. I'm going to get them to sponsor me. Um, our, our lads is my go-to for NFL depth charts. Uh, make They always update it. Um, yeah. They give you archive dates, too. Um, uh, Eric Flowers, they just brought in at Eric left Flowers. guard. He's going to be a solid guy. Uh, Robert Hunt, they brought in. Hopefully, he can be the right tackle. But uh, that offensive line is going to have to improve, and that's why I don't think they'll risk playing Tua this year. Uh, Kalen Balaj will be, you know, a weapon at running back. However, it's a loaded backfield with Howard and Breida. I think Howard and Breida are very similar to what they do. I don't think either of them are really good at, at the backfield. So I think Kalen Balaj will get a lot of the third down looks this year for them. Miles Gaskin, he's out of where again? Um, recognize that name. Washington. Miles Gaskin is out of Washington. That's right. He was with that Jake Browning and yep. uh, and uh, who's their big left tackle? Oh, six seven guy. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Six eight. Um, I thought that. I thought the Washington. I thought Washington was going to be a Final Four team. Um, yeah. With that trio. Yeah, but Jake that, Browning's fake, together. so it's okay. Exactly, Jake Browning's fake. <laughs> New York Jets. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're pretty trash. You know, oh, where's your grade for that? Where, where's the F? Oh, uh, the F is it's so bad, it's not showing up. Uh, <gasps> it's probably in a green logo. Uh, yeah, no, they yeah. failed this offseason. They, you know, I think oh, Bradley McDougal, you know, he's a solid player. Brashard Pierman, you know, decent wide receiver. Greg Van Ron, he'll be a starting offensive line then for, you know, but it's, it's not enough for the Jets. Uh, Boy, Jamal Adams, your franchise, you know, defensive player of the year candidate, that's tough for them. Uh, Denzel Mims, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I, I like He's going like to make some plays for Darnold this year. He's going to be able to make some guys miss and score some long runs for him. Uh, he, had, really he, had a, he, he had a drops issue with uh, – he, he had a drops issue, but his speed and versatility, uh, I think of him as someone who's going to be able to come in a uh, combination of Tyler Lockett and uh, Tyreek Hill. Someone who's, you know, quick and explosive, but has a route tree. Mech, uh, Mekhi Becton. Mekhi Becton. I think he's going to be a bust, man. And I think it's yeah. all the fault of the Jets because I don't think that they're going to keep him in the right system, the right regimen or regime. Um, he's fat or he's a natural fat person. So he's like, it's it's hard for him to, he's yeah. going to be hard for him to stay toned and stay and say he's already having weight problems. Um, and so I think that's, uh, I think he's just going to be slow. He's going to be slow, which is what, which was one of his problems already. It's going to get him burnt. He has yeah. freak arms though. He has freak arms, but that's, yeah. That's not you know, that's a, it's a, it's one of those, it's potential boomer bust type picks for the first round picks, which, you know, high risk, high reward. Um, Denzel Mills, we talked about Shabari Zuniga, a guy who probably should have oh. been the second round pick. He fell to them. This guy's going to be a starter uh, by the end of the year. He's probably going to give them seven, eight sacks this year. Uh, but looking into next year in the future, this guy, you know, has a, ceiling being a Pro Bowl style defensive end. Michael Pirine, I think he's going to start and make the team on the way because of his versatility out of the backfield. I actually think this guy though should get, be given the chance to be the main running back next year. You know what's uh, crazy? Um, 
Go ahead, go ahead. Finish that off. Finish that off. You're good. I was just going with James Morgan, uh, quarterback, where if Darnold doesn't do well this year, this guy's a really smart quarterback. He really flew under the radar. A lot of teams are wondering, okay, if, you know, you talk about Jordan Love going to Green Bay. A lot of people thought James Morgan would be up there. Uh, and then Bryce Hall, the absolute steal of the draft, being a fifth-round pick who should have been a second-round late first-round pick. He's going to be a starter. He's going to be a Darrell Revis, Michael Peters, caliber corner in the NFL. That's a great pick for a Greg's Williams defense. Did you say Darrell Revis? Mm-hmm. He's going to be that good? Yeah. I think this guy – I think he was the, the best, best – corner in the draft? I think he was the best defensive player in the ACC last year, not named Isaiah Simmons. Uh, not I named Isaiah Simmons or not named Isaiah over. Simmons. Okay, okay. Not named Isaiah Simmons. Um, this guy. You know, uh, Vaughn is... is pretty good. Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, he was. Dude, the the safety out of Clemson. He's with the Eagles now. I liked him a lot. He played with. Uh, I mean, you could argue who was better between Isaiah Simmons and him. Those guys were both playing. Yeah, those guys were solid field. players. Um, both um, of them were. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this, this this the Becton thing you said it was a big boomer bust pick. I didn't even see the high reward with it because you can still there were there were really good offensive tackles. You had uh, you had yeah. Jedrick Willis. You had um, oh man, I can't even remember any of these guys. Jedrick yeah, took, Willis, it was uh, Austin Jackson, Austin, um, uh, the or the Georgia guy, the, the Georgia Wilson. Um, no, there was another one though. Was it? Andrew Thomas? Andrew Thomas. Andrew um, Thomas. Yeah. So uh, you you had a couple guys. The reason why you look at his athletic frame. If they can develop him and keep him in his prime weight and work on his footwork, this guy has a chance to be the best tackle in the game. If you can motivate him, if you can work him hard, and if you can you know, develop him right. I don't know if the Jets can do that, but if the right team were to have him, I think this guy would be a future all-star tackle. Um, but, Hall of Famer. We'll see. That fringe. Man, they're, they're, making, they're, making, they're making me question my Denzel Mims pick, to be honest, because I had him as the best receiver in the class. But Yeah. Oh, sorry. Not the best receiver, but right. yeah. uh, win-loss prediction, pretty similar. Mm-hmm. They suck. Yeah. I think it'll be even worse. I think they'll be the last in the division and uh, Patriots right above them. So they're going to be uh, – I, yeah, I see that. I definitely see that. Good stuff. Uh, let me stop this share. Uh, that's it. Let's uh, we'll take care of the AFC North and um, yep. NFC teams coming up. Uh, when, when, when is uh, when does the season start? Oh, oh when oh, does the season start? There we there go. go. Uh, three three weeks from yesterday is the first Sunday night. Obviously, the Thursday before that um, is the first official game. So it's a, uh, I believe that's what. Uh, that is what exactly is- three weeks and three days. When is it supposed to be the 17th or the 10th? The 10th is the first game. Oh, we only have we have two more shows then. We have two more shows then. Yeah. We can get uh we, we got get, it. Uh, we got it. We'll, yeah, we got to get some awards and playoff predictions and stuff too. Oh yes. Um, yes. We'll, we'll definitely have to do that kind of crap. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. I get. It. That's it. I'm burnt out. I'm ready to. <laughs> I'm ready to go play some COD. Uh, get watch it. some TV shows. Get that war zone. Yes, sir. Catch you later, brother. Thank you for coming All right, man. Thank on. you for having me. Appreciate you. Always. This has been Larson right. Live, the Sports Perspective with Larson on the NBS Central Network. And we'll be back next week. I got nothing else for you folks. Peace.